0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sunday School. My name's Britt. I use she, they pronouns. And my name is Mac. I use she, her pronouns.
1: And if you're joining us for the first time, this is a conversation on pleasure,
0: intimacy, connection, and the messy parts of life. And if you have joined us before, welcome back. We're so excited to have you here. And before we get into it, we're going to start with a grounding moment so wherever you are whatever you may be doing take a moment to tune into your breathing notice the natural flow and rhythm of air as it enters and leaves your body and on your next exhale release everything you're holding on to with an sh Take a deep breath in through your nose, follow the air down your throat, your chest, into the deepest parts of your belly. Hold it and exhale, maybe flutter your lips. Take one more stabilizing breath for good measure. Let's get into it. Welcome
1: to Sunday Mass. (laughs) You go first. Take us. Take us off.
0: Hmm. I guess, like, I don't really have a ton of weekly updates because I've just been like working a lot, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in like the best way possible. Um, Yeah. I over the past two weeks have been producing a project called Sounds Nice, and it's a five-week pop-up space in New York City. That's all about the intersection of sound and mental health and healing. And I have been, well, I was hired as a producer and since then I've become like a part of the core team, which feels like such an honor and very, I don't know, exactly what I've been working towards my entire professional life to get to be creative with an awesome team of good humans and doing something that I really care about that's like in service of community. And, uh, it's been wild, man. It just like every single day for the past two weeks, I've been going to sleep. I I journal usually before I go to sleep. And in my journal, I write something like on one hand, I'm almost in disbelief that this is actually my life. And then on the other hand, I'm like, of course this feels so natural. And of course this is my life. And It's (laughs) it's <laughs> it's all happening. It's weird. I don't have words beyond that. It's just like in my
1: body. I feel so aligned. Ugh, I wish so badly I could come out and like like experience it there in person because it looks like such a, an amazing environment. Yeah. And I'm just so glad that you get to be a part of it because it's very obviously bringing you like so much happiness. It's so yeah. cool to see.
0: It's truly the space is like a portal. Mm-hmm. And every time I leave, I just feel like a different human. And I get that sense from everyone who comes through it too. It's like people leave that space changed. And wow. it's really magical. And like, you know, related to this podcast and my personal life and my dating slash romance slash sex life, um, I've seen Hippy Bay a few times. It's been fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How are we feeling
0: about Hippy yeah, Bay? I don't, you know <laughs> – it's I'm just like oh god what am I gonna say like you know the first time I saw him he like walked into the door and he was like hey and I was like hey we have- <laughs> <laughs> and like that was that you know and every time we see each other it's like really cordial like much respect to him I'm glad like we could handle this as adults but it was just like you know <laughs> I've seen you naked you've seen me naked we're all friends here. Let's
1: just do This is it. where we're at. Let's move forward. Let's
0: just move on. Um, but I have been grappling with just like continuing to process the interaction I had with him. And I had this breakthrough the other day because I was reading Brene Brown. I realized that when I went on my date with him, I showed up in like so much shame and so much belief that I was unworthy to be there with him. I definitely had this underlying belief that like I wasn't cool enough and I wasn't mature enough and that just kind of influenced the entire experience. And I was on the phone with a friend the other day talking through this and she reflected something to me because I accidentally butt dialed her during the date. So she like heard clips of our conversation. She reflected again to me. She's like, you just didn't sound comfortable with him. And like Mm. I cringe so hard when I think about the little clip that she heard because I'm like, God, I can't believe I did that. And Mm. as I've talked about it with some other friends, a lot of them have reflected that sentiment of God, I can't believe I did that just like as something we all experience and that itself is shame and it's just like shame everywhere in this experience. And (laughs) it it was like no one's fault. Like it wasn't his fault. And I'm trying not to blame myself for it. I'm just like trying to forgive myself as much as possible for for doing that, you know? Like every time I think to myself, God, I can't believe I did that. I just have to take a pause and take a deep breath and just say, I forgive myself. It's okay. I was doing the best I could. And you know, it it is what it is. And I learned a lot from the experience. But it was quite a breakthrough to just be like, wow, I really just like showed up not thinking I was good enough.
1: It's so hard when you have mutual friends. Because it's, like, almost easier if it was just some, like, random Tinder dude that you met up with one time and then you literally never have to talk to him again. Yeah. But, like, with mutual friends, it's so – it just is messy. But I think you've handled it with so much grace and you've taken what you needed – I appreciate
0: you being here through this wild ass (laughs) journey. (laughs) Um, The final updates are, you know, the kinky bear who I've been seeing for some time has been away this weekend. They went away camping and I was like, you don't have to text, like no pressure. Just like enjoy yourself. And they were like, but I want to talk to you. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Why? (laughs) They're so good to me. Props to the kinky bear yeah so there's my updates about
1: you (laughs) Nice. i think the last time we recorded i talked about um my trip to bend with helicopter boy and i think i was talking about how i like needed to have a conversation with him right well the conversation has happened and it was great it went so great because he's great and i just um have so much love and respect for him and how he showed up in that conversation because it was really intimidating to bring mm-hmm. up. So I sent him a text and I just said, hey, would you be able to make time for a phone call sometime soon so we can just check up, like check in on each other? I have th- some things I'd like to have said. And if you're willing to share, like I'd love to hear what you are feeling and what's coming up for you. And so he texted back and he was like, yeah, of course, Uh, we scheduled a call and I just told him how I was feeling and that I just bottom line needed him to know that I still love him, always have loved him. And so I said, I've always had walls up with you and I've had to be very guarded just for my own emotional protection with you. Um, but I feel like on this trip to bend, I let my guard down and just allowed myself to be intimate with him Mm -hmm. and feel things just because I knew it was like a short amount of time and I wanted to take advantage of our time together. And he was like, yeah, he's like, now that you say that, like, I definitely feel that coming up for me as well. And he felt the same way. He told me he loved me and that, you know, he wants me in his life and he was like, "Do you think I just ha- like wanted to hang out with you because like we fuck?" And I was like, "Sometimes, nice. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's where my mind goes because yeah. I, and I think you said this to me of like, I have this filter over my relationship with Helicopter Boy because I think he's so cool, but I've been seeing myself as less than mm-hmm. because I hold him so." High, you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so once i realized that i was like oh shit like (laughs) yeah i have not been showing up for myself and like holding that confidence that i know i have because i'm a cool person yeah dude but it was just nice to hear him hear from his mouth that like he loved me he wants me in his life in some capacity and so that was really nice for us to just like we don't know how we'll fit into each other's lives in the future but we just want to be in each other's lives mm. in some capacity yeah so it was a really really lovely conversation and I got everything that I needed from it and he even told me he he was saying how grateful he was that I had the courage to bring up this conversation because he didn't even realize how much he needed it yeah and after we had it he he was like I never would have brought this up so I'm so glad that you did and yeah honestly the the coolest thing about that was it definitely like humanized him a little Mm. bit. I I don't want to say it brought him down a level, but it brought, I brought myself up to his level. Yeah. Snap. Um, Because I was like, damn, you didn't have the courage to bring up this conversation. And I did. did. Yeah. I realized like throughout the conversation, he was using language that I had used and that like, I've learned from you. And I was like, I taught you that like I brought this to our relationship and that was just like definitely a boost that I needed to be like yeah he's cool and I love him but like I'm fucking cool too and I can bring something to this relationship. It proved to me that having these hard conversations when you really need them are always going to be worth it. Mm. and so I was just, like, happy the next day, and, like, my mood vastly changed because I think, like, the night before I, like, called you... You were in such a funk, yeah. I was was so sad, but once I had that conversation with him, all the other
0: issues in my life seemed much more manageable as well. Well, I feel like we should just, like, go to church on this because... Our topic of today is hard conversations. Church, 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 church. church. <laughs> 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 anyway, let's go to church, everybody. Today, our topic is hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, Mackie shared this story about having this hard conversation with helicopter boy and I feel like there's just so much to like unpack and talk about in this experience Mm. and I have some questions Ooh, okay I am on me I'm really okay so like it's interesting because I was like there through the process of it yeah and you mentioned that you know, the day before that you just like felt so sad. And I honestly think like the entire week between when you got back from Bend and when you had this conversation with him, I noticed you in like this funk. And I was like, something's up. And I I remember I called you when you were at the airport and you were Mm -hmm. like, I'm fine. And I was like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, so off brand. (laughs) And, um, As we were, you know, talking through you, maybe reaching out to him and having this conversation, I'm really curious to kind of hear about like what the internal dialogue was for you around asking for this conversation. Like what was holding you back from asking for it? And then what did it take for you to actually reach out and say, hey, we need to talk?
1: So I think internally what was happening was I started to feel just like very aware, like, okay, why am I sad? And so it. upon noticing that, I was like, okay, I'm going to act on this. I'm going to do something about it. I'm just at a point in my life where I owe it to myself to hold space for these feelings and go after what I need to feel good. Mm. And so – that was kind of what I kept telling myself. And then the whole time I'm telling myself that I'm like, okay, well, that's still really fucking terrifying to like Mm. send this text to him. And it's hard to be vulnerable, especially when it's telling someone you love them. And it definitely ran through my head that he was going to be like, yeah, I don't feel that way. (laughs) Like, I just want to fuck you and you're easy to hang out with and we're friends. Yeah. Um, and of course I had a stress dream the night before he <laughs> just told me, he's like, no, this is actually great that you bring this up because I just never want to
0: talk to you again. <laughs> oh my God. I want to go a little deeper on how telling someone you love them is vulnerable. Cause I think in the spaces that we're in and the kinds of conversations we have with our friends, we often throw around the world, the word vulnerability um, and love a lot. But as we talk about a lot on this pod healing and vulnerability and all that shit is super fucking messy. And it's not always like, yeah, and then I was just courageous and, like, I just was vulnerable. It's like, no, I, like, wanted to throw up for a good 24 hours. And, like, I think there's something really interesting about the, like, filter you mentioned of thinking he's so cool because I think that's something we both share is, like, looking at people we want to spend our time with as so cool and, like, so amazing and that we are not worthy of being on that level.
1: Do you think maybe that comes from, like, going to a very clicky high school? Yeah.
0: It's for where, sure. absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you had, like, the cool kids, but then there was also the cool Mormon kids, yeah. and we weren't Mormon, and I didn't think I was necessarily cool. So it was <laughs> like... <laughs>
0: certainly i never felt like a cool kid and i always really wanted to be friends with the cool kids especially the non mormon ones who would like wear cool like vintage band tees and smoke weed out of apples in the mountains <laughs> you know who you are if i'm talking about you oh, one of yeah. them is still a very good friend of mine to this day <laughs> they know who they are <laughs> and you know i i just never felt belonging i think is what I'm getting out here. Like I personally never felt at home anywhere until I moved to New York City. And I say that a lot and it makes me really emotional when I think about it because I didn't even know I was uncomfortable until I finally felt comfort. And then I was like, ah, that's it. Like that's why.
1: You didn't even know that you were just living in constant discomfort.
0: Yeah. Wow. And and so um, that has stuck with me throughout my entire adult life. And I admitted this to my colleagues and friends last week that I am really confronting, especially recently working on this project that I care a lot about with people I care a lot about. I'm confronting how insecure I feel in almost all my relationships in my life. Like, I do not feel like I am good enough to be friends with any of the people I'm friends with and, or even relationships that I feel secure in like with some of my closest friends, maybe you included a little bit as like the, I feel like sometimes the minute I stop delivering value, people will leave me. Mm. I not so much with you. I feel very secure in my friendship with you. I mean, we've been friends for like 20 years. Like you're kind of fucking stuck with me, but <laughs>
1: I'm just here for the advice. (laughs) Just kidding. I love you and I would never leave you.
0: Maybe the version of this with my closer friendships like with you or other friends that I have a very close connection with is like I feel this responsibility to hold space and like be the friend that has the advice and that's like very self-aware and like that week that I had the date with Hippie Bay, I've told you I was such a mess and I was like, oh my God, I like – what must they think of me? I, they must think I'm such a fucking loser. I can't believe I did all of that stuff. You know, just, like, all of the shame. <sighs> I'm curious to hear, like, you, like, from you, what the through line is from, like, high school to now. Mm. I just
1: never felt like I really, truly was accepted into a group. And I would have, like, standalone friends like you, that I felt very secure with. Um, but even then I was like, Brit has other cooler friends that are cooler than me. Who? Cool. <laughs> Who? <laughs> now looking back, like we've had conversations with some of the the people that we've talked about and that we're still close with. And it's so funny because they will say the same thing to me of like, you were so cool and I just felt so like insecure about being your friend. And I was like, I felt insecure about being your friend. Like, what were we doing? Why? Did, and it just, like, it sucks that we put so much weight on ourselves in that way. And still to this day, I, I walk out of interactions where I'm like, oh, they were all so cool. Like, I hope I seemed cool too. Yeah. Because that's what we went through all through high school is feeling that discomfort, like you said. Yeah. And now that I'm more of an adult, it's easier to be like, you know what? I am going to be who I am. I'm and if they don't like me, that's them and that's just the wrong people I'm around. You know, that's mm. not for me.
0: I actually just had like a little bit of a realization. Mm. So it may come out come out a little messy, but you tell me what you think. Like like you said so many of the people that we talk about that we thought were so cool felt the exact same way we did. And so that makes me see and think that probably everybody, almost everybody who has been a teenager has felt this sense of like, I'm not cool enough. I'm not blank enough. I'm not X, Y, Z enough. And like, I think that's like a universal feeling, right, of just like yeah. not feeling enough. And one, I think something that I re-realize over and over and over again is like, we're all running around so afraid of what other people think. But if we just realize that everyone else is thinking the same thing, like it doesn't fucking matter. Like we're all so selfish. We're just thinking about ourselves. No one's fucking thinking about us. Like who the fuck cares? And it's so wild. And then the second thing is like, I think it's interesting that both of us have this shared experience of feeling very secure in like our one-off relationships from youth to now, like with each other especially, Mm -hmm. but not feeling like we had a group. Of friends,
1: like a community, yeah.
0: Community, yeah. And I think that something that you've been getting at by highlighting the special layer of like the church culture in Salt Lake City, Utah, is that there was this emphasis on community and this emphasis on belonging to a group and belonging on like a massive scale. Yeah, with many people who believe in the same things because that's like kind of what organized religion or organized groups in general provide is a sense of belonging to something bigger than just ourselves right and when we have one-off relationships those are very special and they're Mm -hmm. also very intimate and they're different from having these special connections to bigger groups yeah I definitely felt a lot of
1: Like I had like a sense of not belonging to a core group. I had multiple groups of friends, but I never felt like I was 100% accepted by each of them. Like I, you know, you feel like you're just like hanging on by a thread with these cool people (laughs) and bringing this back to the conversation I had with helicopter boy. He is a very important person in my life. And I, I think I got sick of denying that I still feel love for him and just closing myself off and not letting myself feel anything for him. And so finally I was like, I need him to hear this. And if he's not someone who's going to accept what I have to say with love and care and compassion, then maybe he's not, a per- he's not the person I think he is and he's not the person I need in my life but I I knew that wouldn't happen because I know him and I know he would hold space. And so, and he did, and it was lovely. But I had that fear of like, Oh, I'm going to be too much. I'm going to annoy him. Like I'm already holding on by this thread being in his life. And it was so validating to have him say to me, like, I'm so glad you brought this up because I wouldn't have an, I needed this conversation too. And then I was like, wow, like, I brought something to this. Like you can always bring something to your relationship with another person. And I think the best thing that I got out of this
0: conversation was just not having
1: to guess how he feels about me.
0: Hmm. That just reminds me of what you said earlier of, of like when you say, hey, can we talk? It always brings up all these stories of like, oh my God, is everything okay? You know? It's a and big I would, deal. I would love to normalize just – having talks and check-ins like that with people in our life because they're important for deepening relationships and, like, opening up space like you did with Helicopter Boy to expand your relationship. I don't want to say, like, you know, take it a step further because it's not linear and it's not like you guys are, like, on a path to, like, getting married and having kids or anything. But it's really just, like, expanding it 360 degrees and like seeing how much bigger your relationship can be. And, and even just like letting it, – it's not just saying I love you to someone. It's also letting someone say I love you to you, which is really hard. Or having them not. Yeah. Because in the back of my mind, I'm still just like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you though. <laughs> and like that's been my entire experience with love, at least in my romantic life. I don't think I've ever let myself be fully loved by somebody. Anytime anybody's told me they love me, I didn't fully believe them. It's uh, hard to
1: believe that. And, and even with helicopter boy, when he said that, I think deep down, like even before I had this conversation, I was like, I know he's like a, he's a human person. He's capable of emotion and love and depth. And I'm sure he's not just keeping me in his life because I'm a for sure like yes to fucking yeah like we have more history than that and he's not that shallow but it's still that fear of like oh no he doesn't really like me the way he says he likes me or also if you let someone know how you feel about them first that opens the door to them I took that risk of being vulnerable
0: yeah
1: and that kind of gave him space to be vulnerable with me as well yeah And it was nice because we didn't solve anything. I didn't get any answers from him of like, oh, yes, in two years, I would like to date you. Like, you know, it it was like, we don't know how we'll fit into each other's lives in the future. And the other thing is, I think like once you have that conversation with that person, now I feel like any future conversations that we might have are going to be so much easier. Mm -hmm. Like now the door is open to us just communicating that on the norm. Yeah. that's our new standard of communication because I took that step. Also something I thought
0: of as you were sharing is that I love how you aren't romanticizing this conversation that you had with Helicopter Boy. Like, I think it's very easy to be like, and then I said I loved him and then he said he loved me back and like everything's so great, right? But I think what I'm hearing in your share is that it wasn't just about like exchanging I love you's for a purpose of let's get together again in two years. Yes. It was just like opening up space. And what I hear from you too is like having this conversation means that you're no longer, I don't know, maybe holding on to the hope of the fact that you might get together in two years but rather it's like okay we got this out here and now I can like live my life and like not have to hold on to this like maybe this or maybe that or is it gonna be this way because it's like you know how things are presently and so you can really create your future and create the life that you want without having to worry about what it might become because of things that you haven't said
1: yeah absolutely And just knowing how he feels and that he just wants me in his life in some way, period, is all I need for the future. And now it's like, yeah, none, neither of us can give each other a for sure answer. And that's, I don't need that. But I also don't have to guess that like, he's just going to drop me out of his life one day because now now I know that's not going to happen. And I think with all this conversation about like, you know, having those hard conversations, I would like to also acknowledge that sometimes the people you need to have hard conversations with are not ready to have those hard conversations and they're not going to give you what you need.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I think
1: going into those conversations, that should be something that you have prepared yourself for just to protect yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: Because sometimes you open up and be vulnerable to someone, but they may not have the language or the the capacity, capacity or courage to do that as well. And yeah. that's not on you. That is on them. <laughs> I wish you healing just over, over
0: there. there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that acknowledgement. I, I think it's such a great way to sort of start to bring the conversation to a close. Yeah. As we talk about together a lot, like, courage, vulnerability, compassion, those things are, those things are earned in relationships, you know, like not everyone deserves your story. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so important to have good people in your life for like, when maybe conversations don't go so well, or, you know, you have clearing hard conversations that you want to have with people that you know, won't receive it well, then you can go to other people in your life and be like, hey, I need to be held in this story for a moment, um, yeah. and that's why we have this pod, yeah. and we're building this community. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I hope.
1: <laughs> oh, I think our vibe is just like, hugs, everyone. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> just to Sunday hug. School. We
0: hug you and we hold you consensually. Yes. I'll add my final acknowledgement to this conversation, which is my attempt at creating the anatomy of a hard conversation. I think Mm. it's equal parts courage, of course. Vulnerability being defined as I don't know the answer, but I'm going to say this anyway. And the third element I think is super important, which is compassion for self and also for the other person, meaning like valuing everybody in the conversation as an equal human being, which is what I heard and what you brought to your conversation with helicopter boy is like, yeah, you're super cool, but I am fucking cool too. Because if you go into any kind of hard conversation being like having a hierarchy or like this unequal equal power dynamic, I don't think it's gonna go well. Like there has to be just this element of like trust that everybody is flawed and human and we'll fuck up and go from there
1: well and and i also want to add to that what really helped me like frame this conversation that i had with helicopter boy was like what do you need out of it? it it helped me to put it into a sentence of just like baseline this is this this is what i need out of this conversation and for me it was i just need him to know how i feel I need to get my feelings out of my head and just out in a space. Mm. And if, and like, if he had not been willing to share how he felt, I had already accepted that and said, okay, at the root of this conversation, I need to have my feelings heard. But Mm -hmm. if he's
0: not ready to share, that's okay.
1: That's not what I need.
0: You don't have control over that, right? Like, I love how that intention that you set was really something that was about you and what you could bring into the space because, you know, you can't can't set an intention that you have no control over. Yeah, you can't
1: expect people to show up how you want them to show up. They're going to show up how they want to show up. And sometimes it'll align, but sometimes it won't. Yeah, yeah. Oof, powerful conversation. Man, That was awesome. I I hope anyone listening, I hope that gives you some courage to have those hard conversations and just hold space for your emotions because they deserve space.
0: My Sunday school assignment this week for y'all listening is to sit with yourself for at least five minutes sometime this week and think about your vision for your life in the next five to 10 years. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it smell like and sound like and taste like? And just like let yourself dream about it and share it with at least one person. And it doesn't have to happen. It doesn't mean anything. Like you have to take any steps. Just like let yourself dream.
1: That's really beautiful my invitation for this week is to start really thinking about even if you don't have any hard conversations that you're feeling need to happen in your life right now just thinking about how they would go and what you would say is such good practice to actually doing it and so think of a scenario of like oh i've wanted to say this to this person for the longest time how would I go about saying it or like what would I need out of that conversation because a big part of that is practicing it work that muscle of you know finding what language you
0: like to use Mm. I think that's kind of in line with my invitation to dream of the life that you envision because kind of envisioning conversations that you want to have is important and again like doesn't mean you have to go do it but it's just giving yourself the space to sit in what you want and what feels good for you. (sighs) Should we take another breath before we sign off? I need a breath.
1: Yeah, I need it. Okay.
0: Take a moment, if you can, to shake your body out. Wiggle your face. Make any sounds. And as you settle, exhale to release everything you need to release. Shh. Inhale through your nose, deep into your belly, hold it at the top, take another sip, and exhale, ha, ah. yeah. amen, a
1: motherfucking men. <laughs>
0: Sunday School was created by me, Britt Pham, and me, Mac Harvey. Our theme music is composed and created by Caleb Spaulding.
1: The music you hear during our grounding breath are Crystal Singing Bowls, composed and played by Jackie
0: Cantwell. This episode was edited by Danielle Costa.
1: You can find us on Instagram at sunday.school. School School is spelled S-X-H-O-O-L. Did we miss anything? No, I don't think so. I feel complete.
0: You too. I feel complete. <laughs> <laughs>